Yes! Over the line! What we've got here is failure to communicate. I want winners. I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. And here are your hosts, RJ Young and Brandon Drum. What's up, kids, folks? It's RJ Young. Brandon Drum is with me, and we're going to do this Young and Drum thing on week one of OU versus Houston, number four, Oklahoma versus Houston. Brandon, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. It is uh, game week, and look, we uh, just got done doing post-practice with the offense, and let me tell y'all, it was riveting to just hold on to whatever you can whenever we bring that audience up. So, it was a whole lot of, they're not going to say anything. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm making faces over here because I'm like, yeah. okay. Um, let's, let's talk about the topical news, right, which is that OU announced his team captains, which surprised nobody who's been paying attention, Neville Gallimore, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts, Reed Humphrey, and Kenneth Murray. But also, that's a good look. That's two and two. Right, and those are all guys that project to play in the NFL, and those are all guys, with the exception of Hertz, that have been around for a while, and that has, I mean, Hertz has won everybody's respect, but that's a different argument altogether. You know, forty-one and three at Alabama, twenty-six and two, yada yada yada. I'm more mm-hmm. impressed with Kenneth Murray Jr. being a two-time captain at this point, really. Yeah, I mean, not shocking. All four of those guys were the ones that, if you polled all the media. Before and they said, okay, who are the four captains going to be? That's what it would be. Um, Jalen, did you hear the audio that I sent you yet? Um, yeah, uh, about how he was touched to be the captain. After oh, he actually months. showed emotion about being captain. Because, are, you, are we calling that emotion? Well, for him. Okay. All right. He's a robot. Fine. fine. Stipulate it. That, Stipulate fair, it. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a fair. He showed more emotion than he has at any point in time since he's been in Oklahoma about anything. And he wanted to be a captain at Alabama. He was not. and Which was surprising to hear. That, I mean, that shocked me. Yeah, that was surprising to hear. Thank you. I, I wanted to ask him how the hell that happened. But, I mean, that would just open up probably a can of worms he didn't want to go into. Uh, um, you, not, a, not only would he have not wanted to go into it, he would not. He would just tell you to your face, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm sure that he'd say that was Ben at Alabama, and now I'm the captain here, so I'm happy about it. But, I mean, and I also thought, you know, you, I, you probably heard my question, and I thought it was both him and CD answered really kind of candidly about their relationship off the uh, field when I asked them about it. Um, that's about as open as Jalen got all night, was when I asked him about, you know, how much before and much uh just the timing and everything that he's been able to to get with with uh cd lamb uh during their breaks back in houston because they're both from that area and he he said you know it's something that we have really grown accustomed to you can tell with it on the field but then when i said is it the best rapport you've had with any other wide receiver you've played with in college and he said we're we're, we're getting there it's a work in progress but he just doesn't want to give anything, which I think it ultimately, I think really it is. I think he probably has a better relationship with CeeDee Lamb than he has at any point in time 
in his career at Alabama because of the fact that he can go home and he can throw the ball to CD Lamb. They can just call each other up and within 20 minutes. They're on the field throwing the ball, doing the routes, going through the route tree like, like they are in that practice at Oklahoma. And that's something different. I think you're going to see the uh, benefits of that during the season. I'm still kind of on the fence of what I think Jalen Hurts is going to throw for and run for during the season. It's kind of something I want us to talk about on the podcast today because before the season starts. But it, it's that's a that's an interesting topic, I think, just to see how much their connection is going to be and what do you think CeeDee Lamb – or, sorry, Jalen Hurts is a – I guess passing total, run total, and touchdown total is going to be. I guess an interception total. Three thousand, one thousand, and nine. Nine interceptions. Nine picks. Okay. I'm. I'm. I, I don't care about the chemistry. I don't care about how good of friends they are. I don't care that they live just down the road from each other. That kid is still not showing me he can throw the ball on that side of the field, deep down the field. That's I need okay. to see it first. And, and you know what? And that's nine. pretty good yards. I mean, that's still no. I mean, it's it's really not. I mean, because like he threw for twenty seven hundred sixty one yards and rushed for nine hundred fifty four yards as a freshman at Alabama. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. just saying that you're going to get a couple more opportunities, at Oklahoma, to throw the ball. Because I did the math, right? Because I already I, I did this segment and I, and I have this take, but it's just yeah. Check it. Baker Mayfield threw for thirty seven hundred yards in this offense his first year, twenty fifteen, with three hundred ninety five attempts. Okay. 2016, which was Hertz's first year, he threw for 2,700 right. plus yards on 382 attempts. So he wasn't that good throwing the ball because, you know, he didn't have to throw it down the field. And when he tried to, it didn't work. Now, maybe Riley fixes something, or maybe Dan Enos fixed something last year. Who knows? But the fact that Mayfield could throw for 1,000 more yards with just 15 more attempts tells me uh-huh. what I know about Jalen Hurts to date. Now, you know, if he wants to go and blow that up, Cool, but I'm not prepared to go anywhere past 3,000, 1,000. And I think he's going to rush for 1,000 more than he's going to throw, uh, throw for 3,000 simply because this is going to be a running team. Like, I, I look at it, and I know that folks are going to ask questions about the offensive line because you just don't know because it's right. unproven because everybody else next to Creed is basically a new starter. But, man, you got five running backs you feel good about. Four of those guys, Riley said out loud, could start, and they'd be okay. They're going to run the damn ball. Did you have Bill Bingo today about the running backs? Yeah, I. I mean, he said it's the best they've had since he's been there. That, that it, the fact that they're saying that, and uh, like we're we're going back, we're talking P. Ryan Dixon. You Ryan, know, those three were on the same team, man. Let me let me throw some water on this. Exactly, please do because I thought I was like, dude, did they realize they had three dudes that were into Heisman guys? No, let me on the same team. Let me let me throw some water on this. You know what Samaji was? He was healthy. You know what Joe was? He was healthy. You know the only guy that was healthy last year? Brooks. Right. And Sh- he ran for almost 10 yards a carry. Yeah, uh, closer to like 8.9 toward the end because Texas and, yeah. and Alabama hurt him in the average, I mean. But yeah, yeah. Let, let these kids stay healthy first because we thought this last year with Rodney and Kennedy and Trey. Actually, Kennedy came out of nowhere. So it was Rodney and Trey. I don't. I, I get that you feel good about the talent, and I get that they come out of camp healthy. But they did that last year, and then mm-hmm. one of them blew an ACL, and then one of them had a high ankle sprain, and the other yeah, one broke his leg, it. and the other one had a hip problem. I mean, it's just exactly you know, like you can feel great about it, but if they ain't healthy in November, what are we talking about? 
Yeah, I can't get behind that talk just yet because I want to see these guys. I mean, we know we're going to get out of the first two. I want to see what the other three are going to do. Like, we know they're talented. We know the other three guys are super talented guys. They're all four-star guys. I mean, but what? It, that's not the point. The point is they've never touched the ball in a game in Division One football. I mean, Pledger has. And Pledger looked okay during his time that he touched the ball. But it was in mock-up duty. I don't remember him taking any really meaningful snaps outside of, what was it, Iowa State? And that was it last year? Hey, man, let me, let me, put, it, let me put it as plainly as I can. Pledger didn't get 100 attempts. I'm not surprised to see him in the portal come December, okay? That's fair. I mean, just, I mean, Yamandre's here. He's Juco dude. He's here. Mark's major, it's his true freshman State. season, yeah, right? Yeah, but even, even so, right? It's his true freshman year. He's not supposed to handle the ball that often with this kind of talent in front of him. And I just don't see how you get TJ Pledger to even 50 attempts with the other three dudes that they're going to have because you only get the one, two years with Ramondre and you got Trey and you know what you got in Brooks. I mean, you just, there aren't enough, there isn't enough football. Right. And then obviously Jalen's going to carry the rock a little bit too because that's what he does. I'm, I'm counting his carries, his pass attempts when I'm talking about quarterbacks and how, how okay. often, you know, I mean, because that's how I'm divvying it up. Because I don't think he's going to take carries away from the running backs. I think he's just going to carry the ball when we're used to seeing Kyler or Baker throw it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, not necessarily on passing down. It's just that's the way it'll it'll shake out for him. Yeah. I don't well, think I mean, he he grabs back the pass and if he like what he sees and throws two progressions and he's out. If he gets three hundred and fifty pass attempts this year, I count that as a win. So so okay, I, this is interesting because I had Bill Hasten on today, as you know. Um, he and I both kind of came to the agreement that oh, it's, a, it's a win for OU if Jalen Hurts isn't great because that means they're going to hold on to the ball longer and that means that the defense isn't going to be on the field as much. And if you do that seven possessions, so you hold the ball a minute longer than you did in the previous year, that's seven less minutes, your defense, game minutes, your defense is out on the field. Therefore, the chances are they're going to look a lot better than they just out of the lack of snaps, obviously. So I don't. I'm trying to figure out how I really feel about Jalen Hurts potentially not being on the level of a Kyler and a Baker. We don't. We don't think he is, obviously. But if he's like a significant drop, I'm trying to get together how I'm going to feel about that. I think that you guys are overstating the value of an offense holding on to a football. Because Michigan did that last year and it didn't help their defense a lick when they needed to play Florida or Ohio State, which are games they needed to win, right? I also think that it's interesting that nobody wants to bring up scoring margin because as much as people want to talk about how often the defense was on the field, nobody wants to talk about how Oklahoma averaged better than two touchdowns per game and wins. So it doesn't really matter in that way. And the defense is the defense. It's going to be what it is. And the offense is going to be good. It may not be breaking the history book records again like it did the last couple of years. And Jalen Hurts might not be the Kyle Burr quarterback that Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield are. But he's still plenty good. And they're still going to move the ball. And they're still going to average better than 40 points per game. So, I mean, I'm looking at the scoring margin. So, if you're saying that they're going to score fewer points, and the defense is going to be on the field less, I think the margin stays the same. I okay. think that it doesn't matter how often the defense is on the field. 
I think it matters if they get takeaways. Like Grinch swears that they're gonna because the thing that I found the most interesting out of this his entire week is listening to him say to, to us, hey, if we don't get more than two against Houston and by more than two per game, I'm going to be disappointed because there's no excuse yeah. for that. And I'm going, haven't heard that in a while. And that, by the way, can change the way that Oklahoma season goes. And you know what? I'm getting to believe that it's more open than we think. And I want to get into that because I got some numbers for it. But there's, there's, there's a crack in this college football playoff deal this year. Like the, the Alabama and Clemson ain't where we thought. Matter of fact, let me just do it. Do it. Do it. Call everybody out on the Alabama-Clemson bandwagon, please. Okay. Bama's not playing for SEC championships. playing for national championships, right? Needs to win the SEC championship along the way to make sure that it gets in. But most people are putting Alabama in a college football playoff with one loss if they don't make it into the SEC championship. Agreed? Agreed. Okay. The guy you trust most in the middle just blew out his knee. He's done for the season. His name's Dylan Moses. He's pretty good. Yep. Okay? And when you're talking about playing true freshmen at inside linebacker, it ain't that Shane Lee or any of those other guys aren't talented. It's that they're all you got, and they don't have experience, and they don't know what it means to be selfless in this defense, and you got a new defensive play caller, a guy you and I both love, and Pete Golding, but he ain't playing the game. So you got a new uh, d- defensive play caller, you got a new inside linebacker, and you got DJ Dale, who's projected to start at nose. So you got a new pass rush. You got corners that you want to trust, but you're not for certain what you're going to get out of Patrick Sustain Jr. You just don't know. So you got a defense that's going to be a bit shaky, and they're not going to lose games to Duke. They're not going to lose games that they shouldn't. But when you play Georgia, it's going to matter. When you play an SEC title game, it's going to matter. When you play in the college football playoff, it's going to matter. Even with all of this turnover at the assistant coach position, all of this stuff matters when you put it all together. And I think Dylan Moses blowing out his knee is going to say a lot about what we expect to see out of Alabama this year versus what we don't. And now we're talking about Nick Saban having to carry it all and keep it all on his shoulders. I think it's going to be interesting. And then looking at Clemson, they're not as talented as we think they are. They got a new defensive line that they don't know what they're going to get out of. They're going to beat up on Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech's running a new offense. They don't know what the hell they're doing. But they're not playing to win the ACC. They're winning, playing to win national championships. We know the offense is going to be good, right? We know that Travis Etienne is great, but Tavia Feaster decided to go to South Carolina. So your capable backup running back ain't there anymore. Then you got to remember that they're not as talented as everybody else, like the, the 247 sports team talent composite. Go check it out. It's not as high on Clemson as you think. They're ranked at number nine. Think about that. Oklahoma has a more talented roster today than Clemson. Texas has a more talented roster today than Clemson. Ohio State has a more talented roster today than Clemson. This is the year that Georgia has no excuse, and this is the year that Oklahoma can finally sneak by some people, get in the national championship, and if the defense is worth a damn, hey, isn't that all anybody wants? Just giving them a shot? I'm, I'm, it's opening it up, man. I mean, nobody wishes injuries on anybody, but they matter. Am I off base here? No, okay. I, um, I completely. So, okay, when you say Oklahoma has more talented than Clemson, go into deeper detail with that because people are going to go completely berserk over that statement alone. Right on. Okay, so the 247 Sports Data Science team put together what I love, which is the talent composite, which I take into 
greater account than I do the team rankings because it takes into account your entire roster and it adjusts for transfers and it adjusts for guys leaving. So like when Kelvin Joseph decides to go into the portal and come out of Kentucky, that's a, that swings toward Kentucky and loses out of LSU, right? So if you're looking at, at say, five stars, Clemson has seven five stars, which is a lot, right? But it ain't the friggin' 14 that Georgia has, all right? It's tied with LSU at seven. Does anybody expect LSU to win an national championship? No. Do we expect them to be in the mix? Absolutely. So you're thinking about that, and then you're thinking about the schedule that they have. Okay, you got to play A&M. Fine. They're probably going to catch four losses this year because they got one, two, and three on their schedule. Probably going to drop one this shit. Okay? They got Syracuse on their schedule. Check out the friggin' SP+. Put out by Bill Connolly. It's a forward-projecting measurement of success. They suck. Syracuse is not going to be ranked at the end of the season. All right? So those are your two ranked opponents. You're going to walk through the ACC title game. And then you're going to get into the college football playoff where you haven't been tested and where you're going to have to figure out whether or not you can trust this defensive line. I would not be surprised to find out that Clemson drops a regular season game along the way as they're trying to figure this out. Because Kelly Bryant needed to come in to save you against AM last year. He ain't here anymore. Who are you going to run out there? Hunter Johnson's playing at Northwestern this year. All right? He's getting ready to try to take down Stanford, who, by the way, probably shouldn't be ranked at 25. It's a talented group at Stanford. They're coming of age. I mean, yeah. they signed like 12 dudes to that class that's finally supposed to be good, but we don't know. And that's kind of the thing. There's only like, there's only one team I feel comfortable about saying is going to make the college football playoff, and that's Georgia. Because they return a lot, and I think the change in coordinators is going to help them. And Jake Fromm has done everything that you've ever asked him to do. You know, I, I, I go in deeper into the 247 team talent composite. When you take a look at Oklahoma, for instance, has done nothing but trend upward. Two years ago, when Riley got the job, ranked 16th in the talent composite. The next mm -hmm. year, 11th. This year, they're inside the top 10. And this is with a new coordinator coming in. This is what, what he's calling more and better chemistry among the right. defensive side. I mean, I, what, do you need me to throw more in there? Because I can't. No, I mean, okay. So you explained it. Okay, so I'm going to see if I can piggyback off of okay. what you just said here. Um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I agree with you with the scheduling because I think, look, it, it, if Clemson slips up one time, which they've shown outside of last year, they will slip up. I mean, outside, literally, they have shown in prison that they will slip up at least once in the season. I think most teams do. Even Alabama isn't immune to that because they they have had a tendency, just like Oklahoma, to lose just an odd game, you know? And so you losing the ACC, I don't care if you're Clemson. I don't care if it's Florida State. I don't care if you're one of the Blue Bloods. Okay, but we know Florida State's bad, right? 
My point is. No, uh, well, let me let me let me walk in there for just a second. They're one of the more talented teams right, in the country. I mean, they like they have the capacity to be really good, and Kendall Bryles will install an offense that'll work. They do, but I don't know if this one. Right, right. We we don't know if the if the coaching is gonna be there, but yeah, we do know exactly. the talent is there. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't expect Florida State to be in there. I don't expect Virginia Tech. I don't expect any of the big names outside of Clemson. So why the ACC is viewed as the worst Power Five conference in all of college football right now? Well, it's in the Pac-12, in the Big Twelve, Big Ten, SEC. For the last couple of years, those have been your horses, and those are why that's why they are the ones that are in the playoff. Obviously, obviously the Big Ten got left out last year, um, and the Pac-12 has yet to have what they have: Washington in once, right? But they've done it twice. I'd have to go check, man. I'll have yeah, that data I mean, with me. That's how meaningless. I can't remember the um, Point being is that. Oklahoma can afford to lose a game because their schedule is going to be conducive enough for them to fight their way through it. I disagree Clemson, with that. Lose. I disagree huh? with that. I think I think they you can drop a game. Year. I think you can drop a game to a ranked opponent. I don't think you can drop a game. Right. Like if you drop Houston, right? Because that's we need we need to talk about Houston. But if you drop the game against Houston and that's Houston goes good. six and six, that doesn't help you. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so. Within reason, if you drop a game, I don't know if you drop a game in the ACC, it'll matter because that's how bad that conference is. No, it, it won't matter. for have anybody else to play. That's right. We have the Texas A&M. So the way the S&P Plus breaks this down with its projections, it goes about how you think it would go. It goes SEC at one in a landslide. Then it goes Big Ten. Then it goes Big 12. Then it goes ACC. Then it goes Pac-12. Then it goes American, so forth, so on. I see Clemson is going to get the benefit of the doubt because they're defending national champs and they've won two of the last three. Okay, I see that, and I'll and I'll buy it. Right? You could drop the game to BC. You could drop a game to Wake. Nobody would care because you're Clemson, right? Right. Same thing with Alabama. You could drop a game to Duke if you wanted to. You could drop a game to an FCS opponent if you wanted to. Nobody's going to care because you're Bama. You're going to get the benefit of the doubt having won the national championship two years ago. Georgia could do the same thing because they've demonstrated that they can get into that game and push it into overtime, and people want to see them in this playoff this year more than most. Oklahoma has done nothing to show that it deserves to be in the college football playoff when everybody else is equal with them. So like Ohio State was saying, hey, we have an identical record to them, to which Oklahoma got to say, hey, we lost by three to a top 10 opponent. You got dunked on by 28. By it, by Purdue, and they'd be like, Purdue was good. No, they weren't. We saw them in the Music City Bowl. They got their butts handed to them by Auburn. So I mean, that, that's what I mean. It, it's I don't think you can drop just any game. You have to drop yeah, it to no. a ranked opponent. And if Texas loses to LSU, you don't get any help there. No, that that that, that will hurt. But the, the difference is, it's good and it's bad. So if you're an OU fan, you want to see Texas lose, just because. You don't know you fan and you don't like Texas. But it's bad in the fact that, yes, by the time Oklahoma and Texas play again, depending on how that game obviously plays out, whether it's close, whether it's a whether Texas gets bum rushed, you know, if they lose a ball game, 
they can work themselves back up into the top 10. But the problem then stems from how are they going to, you know, meander their way through the Big 12. If Oklahoma beats them, that's their second loss. And it doesn't get any easier after, I mean, it does after Oklahoma, but it's not like it's going to be a cakewalk because you still got your Iowa State, your TCUs, your Oklahoma States. They play Oklahoma State before you, but um, point being is that it's the Big 12 is tough. So it's not an easy conference anymore. So somebody tell Pat to cut this part out because I'm about to drop a soundbite. <clears throat> just going to clean up what D just said. Oklahoma doesn't make the college football playoff if Texas isn't good. Period. They didn't make it last year if Texas isn't good or considered good or getting the benefit of the doubt from everybody, right. and they don't make it this year if Texas isn't good. If Texas does not perform like a top 25 football team in 2019, it's going to hurt Oklahoma, and they're not going to make the college football playoff. You need to root for Texas in every game but the one in which they play you because there is nobody else in this conference that anybody is given the benefit of the doubt to. Iowa State. People are actually picking Iowa State. Uh, they're picking Baylor too. But yeah. if those teams aren't ranked inside the top 10 come December, you're screwed. There, there's actually there's a belief that Iowa State has the potential to be a top 10 when they were. Yeah, if they get a win against Iowa. And if they beat out, if they beat Oklahoma State, if they beat Texas, heck yeah. That's a lot of ifs. Exactly, one hundred percent. And I'm not, I'm not positive they get a win against Iowa. No, I mean Iowa is one, Iowa is one of those sexy picks in the uh, Big Ten this year. Yeah, well, the big, the Big Ten West is is friggin' loaded. It's no, but no, but it's no. I I disagree. It's loaded. I'm looking at it like I, I've spent way too much time thinking about all this stuff. I, I really have. Iowa, Nebraska, Minnesota, Northwestern. So, but I don't, I, Northwestern I don't is going to hurt you. If, you. if you're a college football fan and so you're an OU or Ohio State or Michigan, you don't hear those names and go, ooh, I'm scared. No, but you yeah. know what? Neither did Mississippi State. What happened to them last year? So that's not the names I just named off. Mississippi State is not in the same category. Okay, well, okay, let me put it this way. If Iowa ends up in a Big Ten championship against Ohio State and they look like a top ten team, kiss Ohio State goodnight. All right? You got a bunch of farmers in Iowa who don't know nothing but beating up on people. Buckeyes? Right, I remember that too because that was JT Barrett's year, right? It's like yeah. 55 to whatever. Yeah, it was 44 to 14 or right. 15 or something. Yeah. I still I think that an Iowa State team that's good, like ranked inside the top 15, scares the holy crap out of me. It's like, a, it's like, a, it's like BYU being ranked inside the top 15 when the average age is like 37 over there. <laughs> you know, like seriously, I'll come back from the mission. There, well, right. I remember. Yeah, that's fair. Dude, I was watching that yesterday on ESPN Classic. The guys were. It was like a 1984. It was the second year. The year after BYU was really good. They were really good in '84. Uh, Lavelle Edwards, yeah, yeah, they had McMahon and all that. Um, and they were playing UCLA at UCLA, and the announcers were like, "They're really experienced. They have their whole defense." There's a bunch of guys that came back from missions, so they're all like 23, 24 years. Yeah, and they got wives and children and whatnot. Yeah, man. No, so 
the thing that I, I got, I got a list of, of teams that scared the crap out of me. Iowa's on the list. Utah's on the list. BYU's not there because I don't expect them to be that good. They'll get up for Utah, and then I think they'll lay down for a lot of other people because they're just not that great. Even though Kelani Sataki needs to get it together this year if he wants to keep his job. If USC shows me something against Fresno State on Saturday, holy crap. Because they have the talent. Like in the in the talent team composite, they're ranked number four. They're ranked number four. And now they got Graham Harrell calling plays. You got a Mon Ross St. Brown out there. You got Michael Pittman and you got JT Daniels. Brew McCoy, that waiver's not even done yet. Let that dude get eligible. And all no, they've been doing is getting dudes eligible. Well, I'm just period. If he's there yeah. in December, if he's there in November, and then Arizona State scares the crap out of me because Jaden Daniels is decent. Good night. I mean, there's some Pac-12 you know, teams and Big Ten West that, teams man. that could be great. You know, the way that people are, are terrified of Virginia is the way that you should be terrified of these other teams. I'm, I'm serious. It's I don't buy the Virginia. I, I guess I'm not, I may be naive. No, I mean like it, not this year, but in years past. In years yeah, past. But people are talking Virginia as like a playoff like no, nah, nah, nah. I've heard that like on three different people. They'll they'll spoil somebody's playoff. Yeah, they're like the spoiler in the ACC, and I can't get my head wrapped around the fact that Virginia can be decent at football because they haven't been since like uh, what was the guy's name? Herman. Uh, oh my gosh, back when OU just beat the crap out of him. The uh, old Detroit Lions wide receiver. Uh, Herman Moore. Yeah, Herman Moore, yeah. Detroit Lions. Yeah. Yeah, that guy, my goodness. I had all his he cards. He was really good, but OU just lit them up. That was Cal Gundy's final game. I'll never forget that. And they just went off with Mike Gaddis and all those guys. They had an amazing game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, that, that's about the last time I can remember we, Virginia being anything more than... We, the, we, need, we need to talk about OU Houston. We, we need yeah, we do. We totally got it. Sorry, guys. So... As everybody seems to understand, Derek De'Eric King is a monster. Okay, uh, his journey to Houston is actually wild and very cool because the dude backing him up got offered and signed to Florida. It's Kyle Trask. He also was just lighting people up, lit up Jalen Hurts' Channel View seventy one twenty one. Is the first time Channel View had like made the playoffs in like twenty two years, and he went for five touchdowns in one half. All right, he's like. 12 of 17 for 191. And he watched a bunch of dudes from that Manville's team, team, excuse me, end up getting D1 offers. And his best offer was, at the time, Gary Patterson saying, hey, come play some slot and play some Wildcat quarterback and return some kicks. And he was going to do that. And then he got offered quarterback at Houston. He said, deuces. And chunked it up and went down there and he's lit people up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm fascinated by it because, oh, by the way, uh, we haven't mentioned this yet. Corey Robertson, also out of Manville. So yep, uh, they just is. they kick out talent. And he is going to be playing. So Keelan Stokes at TU, uh, starting wide receiver, played with Derek King, Derek King, catching passes from him. 
Like they're the Manville kids are all over everywhere. And that most people were down on this one just tells you how deep they are. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm trying to, okay. For some other reason, I kept thinking Isaiah Chambers was also. Uh, Manville? Yeah, but he's from Aldine MacArthur. Yeah. Uh, in Houston. And he There's a dude. Guy. Yeah. He is a dude. He could be a potential problem for the University of Oklahoma. People need to remember that OU wanted him badly, very badly in 2017 as a defensive end. And where did he end up? He yeah. ended up signing with TCU. And now he's at Houston. When he was when he was healthy last year, four and a half sacks in five games, and then the knee injury. So right. he, he can he can hurt you. The other guy to keep an eye on that I'm actually very excited to see play is Demarion Williams. Juco guy out of Highland Community College in mm-hmm. Kansas. Seven picks last year, seventeen pass breakups, all American. Like I want to wow. see him play. Like they're they're not gonna be they're not gonna be good on defense, but there are a couple of guys like Isaiah Chambers and Demarion Williams that you want to see play. Yeah, those are NFL guys. Um guys that I mean, look, if, if Gary Patterson wants you if anything on defense, you usually can play. I don't care where your ranking is, I don't care if you're a two star, three star, four star, you're probably gonna pan out and be pretty good because he tends to put out they had two guys drafted in the first round last year off that defense, and you didn't exactly think. One guy in the first round, one guy in the second okay, round. Okay, yeah, one so early second round. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Point being is, is that they put them People out. get stingy about those first rounders, dog. Yeah, they do. No, no, no. What I was also thinking about this, and I just, this is a note. There are 14 four stars on that roster, which is like yeah. one more than like Michigan State, one more than like. Baylor, I mean, they got like six more than Oklahoma State. Like we, I think we're talking about TCU wrongly, because Gary Patterson seems to get who he needs. Yeah, no, I mean, that Houston is just loaded. Yep, straight loaded. And anybody that's overlooking them, if you're an Oklahoma fan, wrong. I tweeted that out yesterday. You are one hundred percent wrong. I don't care how much crap Dana Hogerson's been talking. I don't even consider it crap because it, he has to say those things at a pep rally. Now, obviously, the little googly eye jab at OU with the depth chart. I mean, it's what he's that, been doing the whole time. Yeah, he's. And so, I mean, that. I don't know. I mean, that's just what he does and who he is. And he's going to be missed in the Big 12. Because of that, because he made the West Virginia game fun. And that's why everything was always so chippy because Dana does not like OU. He's from Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. He does not like OU at all in West Virginia. At no point in his career has he been a fan of OU. Now he goes to Houston, his very first game, his arch nemesis, the University of Oklahoma. So there's no love loss. And ultimately, the fact that Bill Beatenbow and him have an issue with each other. From their time at West Virginia, that kind of raises the bar a little bit more, more back more backstories to the to the matchup, and it probably sorry is all bunch because of the 2016 game, but that's just another little notch in the belt with Holgerson now being uh, the head coach at, at Houston, and you know we already knew the issue when they were at West when he was at West Virginia, he didn't like 
uh, the way Bimbo left to go to OU, and there was, it was always real contentious then, and it, it's carried over. So he says those things because there is a lot of high angst towards the University of Oklahoma, and that's what's going to make this game fun. It's a great opening game. I don't know if you agree. I, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, we'll see if it's great. I think that's up to the players. I mean, just it keeps intrigued because of... I mean, it ain't not, South Dakota. It's not South Dakota. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, ain't, it ain't South Dakota. But, I mean, UCLA was supposed to be that game. And... So, I want to actually switch because we're we're, we're getting in there. Um, Quaylen Crawford to defensive back. Is that more intriguing to you than Chance Sylvie at nickel? Nah, because... Most everybody recruited Jaquelin Crawford at DB, uh, except for you. I mean, most people have recruited Jahari Rogers at you know DB. He ended up picking DB. That's why I think it's interesting. Yeah, um, I, just uh, look. Sammy's been playing like a, a variation of nickel and safety throughout most of his career. So, but I guess it does the play. I guess it doesn't really. None of it really kind of is that intriguing. Now, the fact that he could potentially beat out Buki, that's intriguing because Buki was basically handed the job last year. I'm sorry. Before. Did you just say that Quaylen Crawford could beat out Buki? No, Sylvie. Oh, okay. And sorry. You, okay. My bad. Hunter, my no, bad. Chance Sylvie. All right. Yeah, cause I, because I thought I heard. They're battling it out right now. No, no. That, okay. Cool. Never mind. And the, the, other, the other intriguing thing for me. Jordan Parker and Arnold Motley. Arnold oh. Motley's been a starter for two years. Jordan Parker moved back from safety to corner, and now it's uh, 50 50 the coin of who's going to be the starter come Sunday. The one that doesn't give up. Yeah, never mind. I was just. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, that, dude, I'm, that dude is a tough dude. I was about to say, I, I did, look. Uh, I want him to be successful. Well, we all want him to be successful. I mean, we want every player to be successful, but right, I'm realistic. But I mean, he's had win circumstances. He flashed stardom as a freshman, and it just all just got taken away from him really, really quick. And on a special teams play, nonetheless. I continue to say I want them all to be successful. I also know that there are other guys on that roster that just haven't got a shot. Okay. Yeah. I'm still waiting on Miguel Edwards to get run. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like hundred percent. I'm still waiting on uh, guys like Jaden, uh, excuse me, Jaden Davis mm-hmm. to, to get run. Jeremiah Cradell uh-huh. to get run. Jamal Morris Jayden. to get run. I mean, I know they're gonna, but I'm just yeah, saying, like, there, there, there are other guys that I would like to see competing in a real way for that job. I think I, got, people are going to be happy with um, the linebacking, uh, the rotation on su- on Sunday. You're going to get to see some players play that has haven't played. Uh, yeah, I just ever. and I, I mean crunch time stuff, man. I, I know. I want to see who the crunch time eleven is. Yeah, um, that'll be intriguing. Um, the the linebacking spot. The, the, the linebackers, as far as we know, Kim Murray is a starter, but it's not as solid as a lot of people think, I guess, from what I'm hearing. So um, there is a lot of uh, what if. I'll just say we're going to get to see a lot of Ryan Jones and probably Levi Draper on Sunday. Um, 
and you'll see a lot of movement, I guess, uh, because there will be still be times where you're going to look out there and you're going to see uh, Kenneth Murray and Deshaun White. There's going to be times you're going to look out there, you're going to see uh, Deshaun White and Ryan Jones, and you're going to see Levi Draper and, and Deshaun White or Levi Draper and Ryan Jones. I think they're trying to find the right combination as far as just I, they, they want to. They know Kenneth Murray and Deshaun White is the best linebackers, right? We know that, but they want to find the guys that, as far as like playing time. So I think you're going to see Brian Osamoa and Brian Mead play a little bit as well. I think you're going to see a lot of rotation. Who don't you want to see? Who, who not do do? Don't you want to see? Who's not going to play? It's just Donovan Perkins. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. No, that's, well, it. that's it. I'm trying to think if there's another linebacker outside. No? Not inside. No, no. I mean, get, yeah, you're going to get to see the top four, top five. You're going to get to see all six. You're going to get to see all six. Yeah, but I think the top four. But the four, I think, first will probably get the most run. Then what are you saying about Ryan Jones and Brian Asamoa? Ryan Jones is in the top four. Ooh. Now you're telling me that Meade's not? No, he's not. He didn't play all, all, all four. Okay. He played a, a practice and a half. Okay. Uh, we'll see you on Sunday. Hey, I, I, we're, 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 we're fighting each other with, with sources we're, we're right gonna, now. I'll tell you off here. No, okay. I just we're, we're fighting each other with sources right now, so we'll figure it out. Um, but I expect to see all six. Let's, I expect I – don't, I don't know no, who I'm going to – I'm just gonna, saying the top four guys. Like Ryan Jones is – was literally told yesterday that Ryan Jones is somebody that has really picked up. And, and Grinch obviously named him once again. On Monday. He's a guy that really yep. picked it up without even asking about him. I remember. Yeah, so, I mean, it, they're trying to get him solidified at the world. Now, here's, here's, here's what I was told, okay? I was told that he hasn't picked it up to the point to where they think that if he gets out there and things go awry, obviously you'll probably see more or less behind than you would Jones. But but they would like it to be Ryan Jones, obviously, because of his athleticism. He's the most athletic linebacker. And that's saying something because of how athletic Deshaun White can play. Yeah, well I would like to be seeing Marcus Hicks next to Neville Gallimore. You know, I just all right. Yeah, the hand right. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, when you start picking guys that you want to see instead of saying who's going to compete and who's well, going to win. Want to see him. I, no, I'm, 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 I'm not saying you are. I am saying that the feeling is that Ryan Jones is more athletic and yada, yada, yada. I'm a Ryan I Jones fan. That for years. They've been trying to find a spot for that guy for the last well, few years. And, and yet and still, I want to see Levi play inside before I want to see Ryan Jones play inside. And I love Ryan Jones. Yeah, but you will because Levi's backing up Kenneth. Yeah, but I'm just saying that Levi is tailored for the position. You don't need to yeah. slot him. Man, you are 100 Like, you need to slot Caleb Kelly. Kelly. You need to slot Ryan Jones. You don't need to slot Levi. He is an inside linebacker. No, no OU fan will argue that at all. So, I mean, that's just – you understand what I'm saying. Like, they're trying to find a spot for the, the whole speedy because he fits the speedy narrative. Now mentally, it's got he's got to pick it up and retain it. Yeah, and that's just, been an issue. Yeah, I'm, 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 let it's me been see. Been an if, issue his whole career because he's not a, a natural lineman. Just, just let me see you if the, let me. I like the scheme. Let me see if the scheme works, and let's see who works in the scheme. That's true. 
I'm, I'm with you on that. Let's see who plays. And it doesn't really matter who plays as long as they're successful. Okay. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to touch on Rattler as a scout team, Derek King, which is interesting. Very um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, like I've, I've said before, I thought he was going to redshirt before he stepped foot on campus. I still believe that. I've always wanted that. Baker Mayfield redshirted. I mean, basically redshirted. Kyler Murray took the transfer a year. You get it, right? It's it's a good thing for him. It's a good thing for them. You get to build some rapport with the guys you came in with. It wasn't that long ago that you had scout team All-Americans at Oklahoma. I mean, it was Mark Andrews, Orlando Brown, and Doriel Green-Beckham on the same scout team with Baker Mayfield. I mean, it's <laughs> like, they, come, come on. It, you, that's that's what you're setting that's up for. <laughs> yeah, it's just absurd, right? And yet, nobody knew that. Nobody knew that. Yep, Keith Ford, was, uh, not Keith Ford, but uh, uh, Ford, uh, just went blank here. Lineman, dude, I just went blank. Eh, uh, we'll come back to it. It'll come to you. So 74, Cody Ford, dang it, dude, I just went blank. Cody Ford uh, was on those scout teams. I mean, Orlando Brown was on those scout teams. Think about that. I just did. I know, it's crazy, right? Uh, yeah, but that's how I expect it to be. I'm just making the argument that Rattler being on the scout team, playing Derrick King is a good thing. That's all. Oh, yeah. That's yep. all. You get to go up against number ones and really get to learn the speed of the uh, game. So that helps big time. Um, one, of the, one of the things I wanted to ask you about before we actually did leave was, <clears throat> excuse me, recruiting. Official visitors list because oh, yeah, because this is yep. this is a very unique situation mm-hmm. in that Oklahoma is the only FBS school that can host on Sunday because it is the only home game being played on Sunday. So you're getting a lot of officials that you wouldn't get and a lot of unofficials that you wouldn't get. Not just because it's the only game, but because you can also get home at a decent time and be back for practice. I mean. It, for me, this is the game to bring everybody in that you possibly could even extend an invite to. Yeah, and it looks like they, they're, they're succeeding, especially with the distance guys. Uh, Philip Webb, four-star linebacker out of Pizza, uh, Georgia, South uh, the basically area. Um, he is a, a speedy, lengthy linebacker, about six three and a half, two hundred and twenty four pounds. Then obviously you got four star off of the line lineman, uh, Anton Harrison, six five, three twenty nine out of Washington DC, Archbishop Carroll, uh, four star linebacker commit, Edwin Cooper, uh, out of Covington, Louisiana. Four star offensive lineman, Aaron Parks out of Fort Fort Washington, Maryland, National Christian Academy. Look that the Aaron Parksville, there is a Decent chance that he commits. I thought he was going to commit at the barbecue. Parks? Yeah. He didn't come to the barbecue. No, I'm thinking of Arenze? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't got to him yet. Okay, my bad. I got him confused. Yeah, yeah, That's my fault. Okay. Four-star, my line. bad. Yeah, Parks is out of D.C. That's right. So, yeah, he's down to Penn State and uh, Oklahoma, basically. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of people that really, really like Oklahoma's chances from the barbecue. People I've been talking with. Uh, three star defensive back, Ramon Henderson, who was originally from Oklahoma. 
and he moved to Bakersfield, California. He's 6'2", 183-pound uh, defensive back. He's got an OU offer. And then Noah Wednesday, a uh, three-star defensive lineman out of St. Louis, Webster Grove, six foot five, six foot six, two hundred forty pounds. He's a guy that is going to be a straight analyst. So raw. Just started playing football just a couple of years ago, and here he is. Just I wouldn't watch him in St. Louis opening regional. Was just an animal. And then uh, three-star defensive tackle Trayvon Rutka, uh, six four, two hundred eighty-one pounds. He's a defensive tackle. Uh, out of Dixon, Tennessee, Dixon County High School. He's committed to Kentucky, Stoops' brother, uh, taking his official this weekend. And obviously they're going to bring in Ryan Watch, Jason McClellan, Brennan Walker, uh, Cody Jackson, uh, 2021 four-star, potential five-star offensive lineman, Bryce Foster, potential five-star wide receiver, right now just a four-star, uh, Luttrell Neville, potential five-star, Ethan's alignment of 2021 class, in-state guy, uh, Ethan Downs, and then the cousin of uh, Trey Norwood, Drayden Norwood, who's he's taller, bigger, uh, four-star defensive back over 2021 class out of Fort Smith Northside. Uh, they're, they, they're bringing in, and then obviously the five-star, Gentry Williams, is going to be there, and then four, uh, 2022, and 2022 class of four-star, Amarian Harris out of Little Rock Robinson will be there. Uh, all those guys have offers. And you kind of like Oklahoma shot with everybody that is not committed, being Foster, Neville, Downs, Norwood, and uh, Gentry Williams, and Marion Harris in the 2022 classes. So uh, there is a lot to look forward to this weekend on the recruiting side. It's going to be a busy week as far as us covering recruiting after the game and then obviously the game. And it's going to be more of a storyline, I think, this whole week because of who the next opponent is being South Dakota. All right, I think that's a good place to end it because I'm napping. Like I'm, I'm, I'm I need to pass out, man. It's late. It's past my right, time. No, I appreciate it, dude. Uh, excellent work. Is I mean, as always. I mean, I'm always amazed at what you're able to do, and it's always cool to be working with you, man. Yeah, you too, bro. I appreciate it. Yeah, bro. Uh, I'm gonna get some sleep. You're gonna get some sleep, and uh, happy for y'all to be listening to this in the morning because that's when it's that's when it went up. All right. That is it for us. That's Brandon Drum of RJ Young. Subscribe to OUinsider.com. We got bills to pay here, fellas. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot more information than we put out on here, I promise. So. All right. Deuces. <laughs>